Isaiah chapter number 48. May God continually, constantly be on the forefront of our mind and our heart. I believe that dovetails with the verse that God would have us to observe this morning. And this passage of scripture here in Isaiah 48, verse number 17, will be a diving board, so to speak, a springboard into the message and the truths that God has for us as we'll be transitioning shortly to the book of Psalm 119. I just mentioned that in advance uh, so you can be prepared uh, to going over to that text. Uh, very grateful to be with you this week. My heart has been encouraged, so stirred. And uh, uh, Brother Zempel's messages have been very convicting, very enlightening, and thankful for the Spirit of God working in my own heart. I certainly am leaving uh, being stirred and spiritually awoken to truths that God had for me as a father, as a husband, as a preacher, as a man, as I seek to serve the Lord with my life. Uh, knowing that God still has a purpose for my life, God has a will for my life, just like you desire the will of God for your life. How many of you desire the will of God for your life? Raise your hand. That's my heart. I'm 37 years old, and sure, we're in the thick of things in the ministry, uh, but to understand that every day is a new day. Uh, God has all sorts of pursuits and uh, purposes for my life, and I never want to lose a hunger or a thirst or a perspective, a vision, as they just sang, for the uh, will of God and the work that God has for me for my wife and for our children, our family, and uh, thank you for the opportunity. So grateful for it and the privilege uh, that it's been to be able to invest uh, into you and to preach with great liberty from the Word of God. Very eager with what the Lord has for us this morning. Isaiah 48, are you there? Would you say amen? Verse number 17, the Bible says, Thus saith the Lord, thy Redeemer. Aren't you thankful that God saved your soul? Where would you be without Jesus Christ? May the Lord use us to reach those two billion plus people like we referenced last night who still have yet to hear the name of Christ. The Bible says, Thus saith the Lord thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord thy God which teacheth thee to profit, which leadeth thee by the way that thou shouldst go. Now, Father, we ask that you would help us, please. We're seeking you. In this moment, this hour, in the next hour, one o'clock hour, and tonight, we're asking, Holy Spirit of God, that you would have great liberty. Please, we beg of you. We're asking for fresh anointing, for power to fall from, from on high and from heaven. We ask that you would please take your word and allow it to resonate within us. We ask for deep conviction. We ask for encouragement. Strengthen us, Lord. Whatever work that you need to do, whatever capacity of spiritual working that needs to be done, please do it. We beg of you. We look to thee now. Help us. We're a needy people. Thank you for this text, the truth of it, and what you'd teach us now for the next few moments. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And God is speaking here in verse number 17. I love this. He says, I am the Lord thy God which teacheth thee to profit. You realize that God wants to be your personal tutor. He wants to sit down one-on-one. -on -one. Come now, let us reason together. God wants to literally look across the table, so to speak, and with a personal relationship, open up his word and teach you what will benefit you and what will help you and me. And God's reason for teaching us is to help us and bless us. I believe this morning with every fiber of my being that God has my best interests in mind. That God wants me to profit and God wants me to be able to pursue the fullness of his blessing in my life. And as we all know, God's way is always the best way. 
God's way is always the blessed way. Now, there's ups and downs and twists and turns. There's a lot of trials and things, but all of those trials, um, the Lord is using it for a purpose. As we heard yesterday, rejoice in that. Uh, there can be triumph experienced, and it may not be till we get to heaven where we understand the full extent of why God brought something in our life, but to always rest and rejoice upon the fact that it's always for our good and for his glory. Somehow, some way, for even the furtherance of the gospel, uh, like Paul and Silas in the prison, you know, they're in stocks and they're in chains and they've been beaten and they're in the dungeon, but yet they're still praising God in the midnight hour. There's something supernatural that takes place with an earthquake and there's a jailer about to thrust himself through and commit suicide and there's a moment when they're able to preach the gospel and a man and his family get saved and a church starts and there is an aspect of global evangelism that commences from a moment of a trial. God wants to teach us to profit. That's why it's ever needful for us to always have a teachable spirit. The truth is, and, and I think I said this already this week, I can't say it enough, it's good for me to remember and never forget, the older you get, the more you realize, the less you know. <laughs> you know? There's a phase in your life where you feel like, oh, I know it all and this and that and the other. And my dad said, you know what, son, the best thing you could do is learn to be quiet. <laughs> Brother Vineyard used to say this, place where I went to college, Jim Vineyard, uh, he was uh, a Green Beret, uh, Special Forces during Vietnam and things, and worked in Laos and Cambodia, and uh, trained the Hmong to uh, fight his guerrillas there against, and the guerrilla warfare against the communists and such. And anyway, he used to say this, you know, some of you just need to bite your tongue so hard you taste the blood. Just be quiet. Mm, you want to say something. No, just listen. Have a teachable spirit. Doesn't the Bible teach us that? That would be quick to hear, to listen, slow to speak. And as we are quick to hear, that we would not just be hearers of the word, but then we would implement it into our life and we would go out and live it, uh, that truth that has been invested into us. And God wants to profit us. God wants to bless us. And I am so encouraged every single time I open up the Bible every single time I can hear instruction from others seeking to invest in me concerning truth of the Word of God. Every single time there's a message and the preaching of the Word of God, it's an opportunity for me to be taught by the very hand and heart of God in my life individually. Is that how you look at your devotions every morning? Is that how you look at the preaching? You know, I am bothered when people ask me this question. They don't ask it to me often, but they say, at eh, certain places, and I don't have anybody in mind when I say this, but some places, they'll, you know, they'll try to corner me with this question. Who's your favorite preacher? I don't have a favorite preacher. Man, I'm just thrilled. Any preacher getting up there and preaching, one of you guys could be preaching or something. Man, guess what? I've got a piece of paper out. I'm taking notes. I'm looking at the word of God, and I'm thinking, man, Lord, how can you speak to me? How can you teach me through this? Open up my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. Oh, God, what is it that you have for me? I need this. That's the way our hearts should always be. There's not an evaluation of, well, how is this being presented? I mean, listen, the guy may be nervous. Cut him some slack. Maybe it'll be like last night. Man, it's such a pressing burden. Every once in a while, the Lord, uh, every week and a half, two weeks, it'll be a message where it's just uh, not necessarily on that theme of missions or evangelism or soul winning or reaching the lost. It could be something else. But it's such a burden. It's such a pressing, almost as if you feel two hands holding your heart and squeezing it, that it's like, I, I pray that the words are actually flowing and, and it's like it's coming to a, a constrained place, a straightened place, and it's, I'm hoping everything's coming out right. 
Maybe that's the case, but still an open mind, open heart, open eyes. Lord, what is it that you have for me? Invest truth within my life. I desperately need it, and God, thank you for being willing to teach me. Let's continue in the verse quickly. I would like to have invitation by 945, or 1045. I'm getting my hours mixed up. I preach junior in uh, high school chapel at 9. The Bible says in our text, I am the Lord thy God which teacheth thee to profit which leadeth thee, and this is where the rest of the message will remain, which leadeth thee. God desires to hold your hand and walk with you. I know we're speaking to a group, but are you individualizing this? Are you personalizing this? God wants to teach you. God wants to hold your hand, lead you every single step of the way. And praise God. God, we've got his promise, chapter and verse, black and white text of scripture. Take your flesh and blood finger and put it upon the Bible and realize that we can claim God's word because God will always keep his word. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Which leadeth, notice what the Bible says, which leadeth thee by the way, as we've already read, but now we're studying it, we're meditating upon it by the way, singular, the way, that thou, what's the next word? Shouldst. Would you be so kind to say that with me? Three, two, one, shouldst go. Doesn't mean that ultimately it's going to be the way that you will go. But it's the way that you ought to go, that you need to go, thou shouldst go. Do you realize that God knows what's best for you? He knows what's best for me. But as has been mentioned this week, God has given you a free will to choose. And there must come a time and place in our lives in which we entirely yield and submit and surrender ourselves under the authority of God and his leading hand and say, God, here is my hand. Take me wherever it is that you want to take me. No turning back, no turning back. I have decided, Lord, to follow you, though no man join me. Take the world, but give me Jesus the cross before me, the world behind me. I'm going forward for God, which leadeth thee by the way that thou shouldst go. I presume that everybody in this room is willing. Yeah, I'm willing to, 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 to listen and to learn and glean these things, but are you genuinely all in, fully surrendered, no hesitation, no deviation? God says, jump, you ask how high. God says, take a step of faith, and you're wondering, how long is the stride? Not some baby thing with my little big toe uh, going into the water to test the surface to see what lies ahead. No, but we are just taking that step of faith. Hold in for Jesus Christ. The way that thou shouldst go. We all know the way we should go. It's the way of that blessed book right there that he teaches us. Would you journey with me now to the book of Psalm 119? Because we find in Psalm 119 that God is seeking to teach us and God is seeking to reveal unto us and show us that there are different ways, paths, directions that we could go in our life, ways that we should avoid, ways that we should not go. Psalm 119. May God give us a Bible generation. We all know that great hymn of the faith. The B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. May it no longer be a song. May it be something we live by. It's a creed. It's a motto. I would like to hear the men's group sing that in four-part harmony, you know. 
write an arrangement, and like it's like fired up. I'm serious. Where's Daniel Van Gelderen? Write something. Do it for my sake. Amen. I'm like, yeah. I'd be hard to contain myself. I'd be like shouting amen. Uh, here we go. I stand alone on the word of God. This book right here. You will not be able to rip it or strip it from my hands. The only way you would be able to remove it is over my dead body. I will live for this book and I will die for this book. I'm going forward for God. Of course, we can't do it in our own strength. We all know that. That's the, 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 the given. We understand we can only do this through the spirit and the power of Christ. But I'm thankful that he is there to enable us and quicken us every single step of the way as he's the one holding us and guiding us and leading us and teaching us. But in Psalm 119, very quickly, because the clock doesn't stand still as much as I wish it did, Psalm 119, we find here in verse number 127 and verse number 128. Psalm 119, verse number 127 and verse number 128. Brother Zempel mentioned this yesterday about the trying of our faith and with gold and things of that nature. Therefore, I love thy commandments above gold, yea, above fine gold. If the Bible was resting here and a bar of gold from Fort Knox, you know, I've never seen a bar of gold in my life. I've seen pictures or something like that, but I've never actually seen it with my own eyes. Big old bar of gold. And the choice was presented unto you and unto me to choose one or the other. My heart should always crave. Not a, well, I guess I'll take the Bible. Let me roll my eyes. I, you know, it's the way we've always been raised. I grew up in a Christian home. and my What are people going to expect of me? No. No hesitation, no deviation. Man, there's an eagerness and enthusiasm and intensity. We're going forward for God. Give me this book. You know what? That's irrelevant. <laughs> hundred years from now, it's not going to matter how much gold I did or did not have. Give me his word. I love thy commandments above gold, yea, above fine gold. Therefore, verse number 128, would you notice? Therefore, I esteem, I highly regard, is what he's saying, I esteem all thy principles, not most of them or some of them, uh, where I'm picking and choosing what I think is relevant for my life. No, 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 no. But I highly regard all thy precepts concerning all things to be right. Notice, and I hate every what kind of way? False way. There certainly is the way of error that we could go down. False religions and false doctrines, even we must be careful of counterfeit Bibles, which I'll just make the statement, I do believe that the King James Version is the word of God for the English-speaking people. I'm thankful uh, for how it's been painstakingly translated, and I believe full well that I can read this Bible in my own language and know that I have an accurate translation of what God gave the men of old. Praise God for this book. Be unashamed about this book, by the way, I believe that every single person needs to submit themselves under the Bible, period. And for me, or for anyone, to evaluate, well, you know, um, this other translation says it better, and I, I don't know about this or that. What, what does that do? That, that brings you to a place in which you're co-equal with God. And you are now picking and choosing what you think is relevant and what you think to be truth is. No, that's the sin of humanism. Sometimes I say this, and, and, and I don't know why I'm saying it now, but it, just bear with me for a moment. If you don't believe the King James Version is the word of God for the English-speaking people, then find a translation in our language that you believe is and submit yourself unto that book and that book only. 
You ain't going to find the Word of God in other translations. It may contain it, but there, have, there are going to be doctrines and there are going to be uh, principles of the Bible that have been stripped and ripped out of it. And the devil is crafty. He is the master counterfeiter. What we think to be right is not right. We know that the Bible says all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Uh, it was given in that moment of inspiration, but it still liveth, it still abideth, it still endureth forever. The Bible right now is, present tense, God-breathed. And every single time I crack open the Bible, God wants to breathe into my life what I need, the spiritual sustenance and wherewithal to put one foot in front of another as he seeks to lead me. There is definitely the way of error. Journey with me very quickly. The fast you, it, it would be helpful if you turn fast, all right? Here we go. There's a lot of ground to cover. Second Peter 3, 2 Peter 3, verse number 1 through 3. Notice what the Bible says here. 2 Peter 3, verse number 1. This second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up, it's talking about revival, stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance, that ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets. That's talking about the Old Testament. And of the commandments of us, the apostles, of the Lord and Savior. That's talking about the New Testament. Be mindful of the entirety of Scripture, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last times scoffers, walking after their own lusts. The specific context of this passage is about the return of Jesus Christ, but we know certainly by way of application uh, that this can be uh, utilized and applied to several areas. There is a generation out there, and I'm not being weird here, I'm just being transparent and honest. There is a movement and there is a generation out there that is seeking to undermine the authority of Scripture. They're seeking to scoff and laugh at truth. And God give us a generation of young people and Christians and preachers and individuals that are bold and unashamed about what the Word of God says. As we mentioned yesterday, the Bible says it. I believe it. The Bible says it. And that settles it. There's no arguing with God. There's no deviating from what the Bible says. I have a heart that is completely submitted unto what it teaches. Even though my old flesh is kicking and screaming and doesn't like it. I read the Bible every day and there's stuff in there that offends me. Good. I should be offended by the Spirit of God. I need to be molded into the image of Christ. And His Word is that mirror. And looking in that law of liberty, we can be transformed well, we must understand that there is the way of error and choose to not go that direction. You will be tempted in your life and the temptation never ceases. The temptation only ceases for a season. You will be tempted to compromise in your life. What is compromise? The definition the Lord gave me about a year ago. And we know there's no new truth under the sun. Uh, but th this compromise, what is compromise? Compromise, listen carefully, I beg of you. Compromise is when I change my mind about something God has not changed his mind about. And there are people that are seeking to excuse away carnality and worldliness and sin and wickedness, all this kind of stuff. I'm not trying to say, look down your nose, man, love people, pray for them, weep over that. 
as friends depart from what the Bible teaches and try to encourage them and stir them to get back to what the Word of God says, but yourself, listen, you are not responsible for other people. I'm not responsible for you. In that sense of I'm not in your shoes living your life. You will stand and give an account for yourself before God. We know that those that are over us in authority, the reason they invest in us and teach us and love us and try to correct us, even rebuke us and all these things, is because they have been given charge over you. And man, they're trying to help you journey toward Jesus in the way of the word of God. They're responsible for you in that sense. But ultimately, when the day is done and it's all boiled down, it's you and God. As much as we could try to make you go forward and follow the Bible wholeheartedly and never deviate from it, that is something between you and the Lord And may God, even in this moment, challenge you and stir your heart and ignite a sacred fire down deep in your bones that you will not change, that you will not give in to what's popular in culture, that you won't go the way of the world and lower the standard, so to speak, but you will have rib-rock conviction, too, with a spirit of reckless abandonment. Go all in to what the Bible teaches. God, give us a generation like that again. Way of error. We notice now, I think it's, uh, let me see, verse number 102. One. Would you go back a few verses quickly? Psalm 119, verse number 101. Psalm 119, verse number 101. What's the first word of verse number 101? Would you say it aloud? This is a personal decision. I have refrained my feet from every what kind of way? Evil way, that I may keep thy word. We see not only the way of error, but the way of evil. Lord's saying, listen, I want to teach you to profit. I want to lead you by the way that thou shouldst go. I'm I'm trying to reveal unto you and point out to you, "This this is the way right here. Go, walk ye in it. But you must choose in your heart. Refuse error, refuse evil, refrain, run from it. Flee youthful lusts. It's interesting, you know, Paul was writing to Timothy, but Timothy was a full, full-fledged man. He wasn't talking to some young buck, 18, 19 years old. He was talking to an adult. You know what that means? You will always face youthful lusts. Pastor faces it, Brother Zemple faces it, I face it, Brother Swanson, we all do, youthful lust, cravings, carnal desires for the things of this world. That's why we gotta live a crucified life. Galatians 2.20 living, amen? A life that is completely surrendered to the Lord. The way of evil, the way of sin, and Jesus is trying to help us in the New Testament. He said, listen, uh, no man can serve two masters. It can't be done. You can't hold your hand to the word of God and with the world. And with wickedness, he can't do it. It's impossible. This verse teaches us that as well. I have refrained my feet from every evil way. Why? That I may keep thy word. If I don't refrain my feet from sin, I will not be able to keep this book. D.L. Moody said that, did he not, I believe? Sin will keep you from this book, or this book will keep you from sin. Jesus said, you'll hold to the one and despise the other, or you'll love the one and hate the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. May God give us a generation who love Jesus and his word. A generation that's gonna hold to Jesus and his word. A generation that will not hate Jesus and not hate his word. 
A generation that will not um, uh, love the one, hold the other, despise, not despise Jesus and despise his word, the way of evil and the way of sin. You must choose this. It's interesting, I have refrained. Um, that means that I am, I'm, I'm, I'm actually going that direction. But as I'm going down this path of sin and the flesh and lusts, I stop dead in my tracks and say, no more. God, give me victory. I have refrained. This was a path that I was enticed into. I felt drawn unto. I began to go that direction, but the Spirit of God so sweetly brought conviction and convicted me about my direction, and God helped me in that moment. Praise God. God wants to lovingly bring us back to himself. I've stopped dead in my tracks, and I refuse to go that way. Oh, I'm not going to have a tolerance unto sin. No, but there's going to be a total turning from sin and a total turning unto my Savior. Journey with me a few more verses back quickly. Look at what the Bible says in verse number 59. 59, Psalm 119, verse number 59. Again, what's the first word of verse number 59? Hmm. I thought on whose ways? My ways. And turned my feet unto what? Thy testimonies. This is what we would call the way of ego, the way of ego. Proverbs 14, 12 and Proverbs 16, 25 both teach us that there is a way that seemeth right unto a man. But the end thereof, the ends thereof are the ways of what? Death. I guarantee that everybody in this room, Lord wants me to stop here, I want to go forward, but we're just going to obey the Lord. Um, everybody in this room, guarantee everybody in this room has good intentions. Everybody wants to be a success. I don't mean this in any weird way, and I'm certainly not seeking to disrespect those that this has happened unto them. I pray that God would give us mercy and grace and compassion to reach these sort of people, but I guarantee that there's no person in this room that your dream, goal, and ambition is to become a homeless bum. Suffering from vices and addictions and strung out in drugs, you're 35 years old, but you look like you're 50. Living on the side of a road uh, out of a cardboard box and you're barely surviving, you're gaunt, and man, uh, sin and the life of it has taken its toll upon you. You realize that every single person that is homeless like that, they were once a child, they were once a young person. I presume that that was not their ambition of life. Everybody in this room has good intentions. But there is a difference a stark contrast between good intentions and godly intentions. See, good, and what I think is good for me, yeah, I want to do this and I want to do that with my life, good will always be the enemy of best. The good is, well, I, I, it's the status quo, what I think I can do. Listen, you are not made for the average or the ordinary. You were not created for the status quo. You were created for the supernatural, to soar with wings as eagles, to be more than conquerors, to be victorious, to go forward for God and to see him accomplish wonders through your life and greater works that even Jesus Christ himself accomplished in reaching a world with the gospel. What happens if we're not careful and we become inward and we become fleshly and carnal in doing what we think is right in our own life, we then settle and never experience the fullness of what God has. I mentioned this the other day. I think it was last night. I don't remember when it was. 
I only got one shot to live this life. Amen? That's it. Why not crave to experience God unleashed? <laughs> God to the maximum and all his fullness. Man, I, I crave and I hunger for that. I want to see it. But I will have to understand I must refuse the way of ego. Caleb Garraway cannot do that which is right in his own eyes. Caleb Garraway needs to do that which is right in the eyes of my Lord. We all struggle with this nasty flesh, don't we? Pride, arrogance, self-will, a stubborn heart. Let's give it to Jesus. It's only gonna hinder us from experiencing the potential of what God has for us in our future. And the Lord says, I am the Lord. I wanna teach thee how to profit. Lead thee in the way that thou shouldst go, but you must choose in your life. If you will go that way, and one of the biggest ways that you will struggle with, as we all do daily, that's why we must live a crucified life, is the way of ego. We have just a moment left. We see journeying back to one other thing in verse number 36 and 37. It all dovetails here. Verse number 36 and verse number 37. The Bible says quickly, I'll begin to read for the sake of time, in a time incline my heart. Again, the heart is that internal or external. As a man thinking in his heart, so is he. Incline or cause my heart to bow in submission, to yield. Incline my heart. He's openly inviting God to break him. Like the old prayer of the Welsh Revival, Lord, bend us, bend me. Incline my heart unto thy testimonies and not to covetousness. God, I don't want my heart to be bowed in submission unto a lustful craving for more money and materialism and temporal things that won't matter. Rather, verse number 37, turn away mine eyes from beholding vanity and quicken thou me in thy way. That dovetails with Sunday night's message, doesn't it? This is now one of the nine times he's crying out for revival. Quicken thou me in thy way. But he understood that there was also, number four, the way of envy, a craving for the physical and the earthly and the tangible and the temporal. God, I beg of you, take that away from my heart. God, please help me not to be covetous, but help me to be content with all that you have blessed me with and be thankful and grateful for all the many things you have done in my life. God, I pray for spiritual victory in this area in my life, and I beg of you, revive me in your way. I hunger and thirst for it and it alone. And may our life be the testimony of verse number 30, would you see it, where he declares, I have chosen the way of truth. This blessed old book that I hold in my hand it's true from beginning to end. It's a solid foundation upon which I stand. Sin kept me from it. Now it keeps me from sin. The B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the word of God. The B-I-B-L-E. Bible. God, give us a Bible generation. Father, would you use these truths to encourage us to journey and follow you in the way that you have for us.